Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the XX Mormon podcast with uh, myself, Elder Jackson. And of course, Bishop Jensen is presiding today. Uh, Bishop, do you want to say hi to the congregation? Hello, brothers and sisters. I am once again grateful for this opportunity that I have to uh, to share the love and appreciation which Elder Jackson and I both have for you and 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 bring the warmth of the spirit uh, to each and every one of you. Yes, today. so so much warmth and spirituality is flowing through our uh, spirit today. Um, yeah, we just felt like getting on here. It's actually been, believe it or not, it has been like three months since we've recorded one of these. Um, as a peek behind the curtain, we, uh, we've been on vacation. Uh, we actually traveled to a deserted desert island uh, just to hang out, just to chill for like three months and just to get away and uh, talk about Star Wars and stuff. Right, Bishop? Yeah, so we've been... That's I think that's part of the ex-Mormon journey as you start moving on to other things, I think, because... And we talked about this in that article that we read about, like, dealing with a breakup and comparing that to leaving the church, is that if you keep driving by your ex's house every weekend, mm -hmm. uh, you're not going to get over it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we've kind of stopped driving by. Like, I don't... Mm -hmm. You know, I and... I think one thing important to point out here is people have people have different like levels of trauma, different types of trauma, different experiences, uh, positive or negative, with the church and with the people in it. And maybe you might feel that you have some positive or negative experiences with Jesus or God or the divine in some other way. And uh, and so I mean just to. If it wasn't obvious already, we're just talking about our experiences here. And for mm -hmm. us, we're just, especially, you know, like we're just feeling like we're moving on. Like we're not, we're not mm -hmm. stopping by the house so much anymore. Right, Bishop? Right. But I think the thing that draws us back here is that we have seen the number of downloads, and I know you have several podcasts. I tried doing a podcast before we started doing the XX Mormon one. And we have seen such, we've seen higher downloads with less effort on this podcast. So we know that there are people who are getting value out of this. Mm -hmm. And I think like before we got started, we always talked about it as like a, like this will be a six month thing. And the first question you asked me was what would be something that would make you keep going with it mm -hmm. or drop it? And I said, listener feedback and if people are getting value out of this. Yeah. In our in our last couple episodes, we asked for listener feedback. Uh, we haven't gotten any yet as far as I know. Um, and so it, it will be interesting to see if anybody sends us feedback. But we have gotten some reviews and people uh, saying that they really appreciate the kind of more casual, laid-back, uh, conversations that we're having here. We're not getting super, super in-depth. Um, we're not getting super, super in-depth into the technical aspect of how exactly is the church wrong or uh, how exactly did you come out of it? Um, we, you know, have a little bit of that, but we don't get 
super dive deep into it. We're kind of casual and fun and like to have this as friends. And some people have said specifically that that gives them value, which it's nice to feel valued. So Bishop and I are going through a crisis of faith um, here. <laughs> so let, yeah, let us know what you think at, what you thought about the podcast at uh, unmormon at gmail.com. And uh, because the way I think we see we've positioned ourselves is that you have Mormon stories, you have uh, thoughts on Thinker of Thoughts, you have Radio Free Mormon, you have Bill Real, and they're very, very good at whether or not they'll own up to this is another thing, but they're very, very good at telling you why the church isn't true and why you should leave the church. What there is no room for in the ex-Mormon podcast world is what do you do now that you've left? And how do you kind of deconstruct all the programming that you've already had? And how do you learn to kind of chuckle and laugh at yourself in, in the silliness and in, in the weirdness mm-hmm. of the whole thing yeah. and, and kind of get on with life? That podcast space is kind of empty, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think... A very this... casual conversation... Yeah, especially the, like the, the laughing podcast. at ourselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think especially the laughing at ourselves part, right? Where we're saying like, oh, that was so silly. Like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I believed that. Yeah. I think that's an important part of moving on um, rather than just diving deep into the research of how exactly it's wrong. We know it's not true, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking like, this at is not flat earthers podcast. every week being like, see how it's not true? See how it's not true? See how it's not true? Did you know it's not true because of this and because of that? It's like, no, no, like, yeah, we're all aware. Like, I want to live a normal human life in the normal real world. Um, and to mm-hmm. do that, I just got to laugh at, oh, yeah, I was silly. Oops, I was fooled. Oops. Yeah. And... F- like for me, it's I like one thing I've had to struggle with is dealing with feelings of like anger and resentment, and I think part of that is because I was so in and it cost me something. Mm-hmm. Like my activity in the church cost me things. Mm-hmm. It cost me years of my life. It cost me money. It cost me friendships. It cost me uh, relationships, and um, so because it had this big cost, it, it's like I'm angry now. But the thing that I'm angry at and the person that I'm angry at is I deconstructed all is me. Mm-hmm. Because my parents were loving people. They put a lot of pressure and encouragement on me to do certain things. But it was never like my standing in their eyes was held hostage by whether or not I was good at church or went on a mission or mm-hmm. did those things. Like... They, love was never conditional in my family home. Mm-hmm. I never felt like it was conditional on me being a member of the church, but it was still this expectation I was given. But I could have not gone on a mission. I didn't want to go, and I went. And I went through some crappy interviews to get there, and I didn't walk out of those interviews and say, I've had enough of this crap. I'm not doing it anymore. I complied. I willingly complied. And so the person I'm really angry at is me. Mm -hmm. That I went along with it for so long. And that has been the hardest thing for me to get away from. Now I've read a bit about resentment. I was reading the wiki page on resentment. There are two interesting things I've read 
that have kind of encouraged me to get over it. The first one was is that resentment and bitterness has been characterized by therapists and philosophers as uh, showing how weak you are, or it's kind of it's pathetic. Resentment is anger when you're at the lower end of a power dynamic and you let someone else have power over you, you hmm. get resentful and it's very passive and it's not very active. Hmm. And you just hold this bitterness and you hold this grudge. Whereas like if you're really angry, it's explosive and destructive, right? Not necessarily good, but it's not like this wiener wiener boy kind of just I'm gonna sit here and wallow in my bitterness and self pity and anger. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. it, it gets characterized as kind of weakness. The other thing is that Alcoholics Anonymous attributes resentment, grudges, and bitterness as one of the the key drivers for addiction. Hmm. Um, and you can start to see, like, resentment welling up within you. It starts to cloud over and, I think, impact other relationships in your life. And I found that the bitterness I was holding over the church was coming out in other ways. You can't just be bitter about one thing only. I think the bitterness starts to spill over. One thing I was finding was it was like I let myself get do. Are there any other things I'm complying with or doing that I don't fully understand or agree with? And it kind of got me to question everything I was doing. Hmm. And I was going to a dark place with that. And I was questioning the church gets you to sacrifice a lot and I sacrificed maybe even more than they would have asked for. It's kind of like when Michael Scott on The Office says, like, he's talking to David Wallace or something like that. He's like, and I gave up having kids. And David Wallace is like, we didn't ask you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's kind of how it was when I left the church. It was like, and I didn't do this, and I did this. And it's like, hey, we didn't have to do that. Like, it was kind of, it was the things I brainwashed myself into thinking I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And I did them. And so it was, am I deluding myself into doing? And what's in it for me? And why am I not asking what's in it for me? Because I spent a lot of time not asking what's in it for me. So now I'm going to start asking what's in it for me. And you start to find, if you start doing that with every relationship in your life, it doesn't go very well. Mm -hmm. And I got really unsettled in my life overall, I think. And now I've been letting it go more. And one thing that's helped me let it go is finding my way back to... God. <laughs> and I'm not kidding, but I had to reconstruct God in my mind. Yeah. For me to really start making sense of the world. Um, but you haven't. You haven't reconstructed God, have you? No. You haven't felt the need to. So I guess, I mean, tell me about why you haven't felt the need to really truly reconstruct God. Well, I see it just as a, just as a story. And so I don't know, right. like maybe that is a reconstruction of it, of the idea, of the way I see the idea, because mm -hmm. I was raised to see it as like, oh, it's my like sky daddy, right? Um, mm -hmm. But now I just think it's a concept, an idea that we came up with to explain things that we didn't have explanations for or or that we wanted explanations for um yeah that's kind of 
the the way I've put that together. But I don't feel any need to like put God as like an entity back in my life. So like one thing I fa I realized is that my sense of right and wrong was so wrapped up in what the church was saying was right or wrong mm -hmm. that I really didn't have my own internal set of values. Hmm. That doesn't mean that I went out and started stealing from people or lying to people or, or whatever, but it was hard. I've needed to reconstruct a set of values because my values and sense of right and wrong were always colored by the church. Right. Did you feel that way? Yeah. Or did you have a sense of right and wrong and values that were independent of the church? I think everybody does. I think everybody gets a set of values from their parents, from their friends. And then there are some things that just instinctually, I think, are like, okay, yeah, I, I do this, I don't do this. You know, not every other animal or creature is going around raping and pillaging other animals and creatures. They eat you know, what they feel is right to eat, you know, um, mm -hmm. me eating a chicken isn't immoral, um, because that's what a human does, right? Like, I think, mm -hmm. I, I think we come pretty packaged and equipped with, with some idea of what we do to survive and what won't help us survive. Um, and being social creatures, I, I think a lot of that is instilled socially, um, whether through religion, through your culture, civilization, through your family, w whatever it is, wherever you get that. I think everybody has it. So, like, I, I'd say maybe I can explain it further. There's certain, like, ideas and values. I became very, very cynical about um, ideas and values. Because I saw how they were kind of made up and then used in the church. So now it was like, don't ask me about who I'm voting for because I will vote for no one because they're all full of the same crap that my church was full of. Hmm. And they're trying to push, use these value messages to get me to buy into something. And and it's all built on a, on a fake foundation. They're all full of crap, right? Yeah. And I was kind of seeing that with like everything. And and it was it's like is everything just built on on kind of these ideas and values that are greater than ourselves, but they're only greater than ourselves because somebody told us they were, you know? And so it's just like that started to get into everything, like love, family, everything. And I'm kind of like, is this all just made up stuff? Like these are the kind of thoughts that I'm having is if I can deconstruct the ideas and values of Mormonism, it's almost like I was at runaway deconstruction. Hmm. And a little, it's like uh, Cartesian cynicism skepticism. What Explain that to me because I don't understand. Uh, so Rene Descartes, <laughs> he's the one who's like, oh, yeah. I think therefore I am, right? Um, okay. Like yeah. he at some point was like, oh, you know, what if this is just a co construct? What if this is just an idea? And uh, and he threw everything out. And he's like, okay, I have nothing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, well, I think, therefore I am. So that was like his basis. Mm -hmm. And then he reconstructed from there. Like he threw everything out 
And then he reconstructed from, okay, well, I'm thinking, so I must exist. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then he ultimately reconstructed basically back to exactly what he had before. Um, mm-hmm. But the idea of Cartesian skepticism is like, you just kind of throw everything out. You're just like, oh, mm, no, no, runaway deconstruction, as he called it. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd say, okay, so I guess I did start following that kind of thing because the way, here's how I've reconstructed God. And this was something that I was telling myself when I was hanging on to the last threads of my testimony. Um, but it's that, like in Spider-Man 2, the first Spider-Man 2, when he stopped, he doesn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was me when I left the church. I was like, I'm not being Spider-Man anymore. I am not doing all these idealized things that I had and expectations of myself and everything I hated doing, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just done. I'm, you know, so there's scenes where Spider-Man or Peter Parker, he's uh, he's watching somebody run away who's stolen something, and somebody's asking for help. Like that guy stole my purse, and he's eating a hot dog, and then he just keeps eating his hot dog. Mm-hmm. And that was that was what I would think about when I left the church. I'm just gonna, the world can burn. It's gonna burn whether or not I try and help it. I don't know. I'm just gonna watch the show. Hmm. And uh, and that's it. I'm just going to sit here and eat my hot dog. But there's another line of that movie where Aunt May says to Peter Parker, I believe there's a hero in all of us who keeps us noble, uh, helps us do what's right, and allows us to die with pride. And, and being a hero means we have to do what's right. We have to be steady, even if it means giving up the thing we love the most. Hmm. And that is what God is to me. God is... I guess a conscience, but it's the values, the things in life that are more important than me. Hmm. And I think as a society, we we have a set of values of things that are more important than the individual. And I think collectively, people will gather these ideas and values and things that they see as more important than the individual. And those are coincidentally the attributes that their made-up God has. Right. Right? And then they start to worship that thing, and then an enterprising individual comes along and exploits those those people and makes a religion out of it. Mm-hmm. But I can take back the values, the things that I valued that are more important than me, and there are things. My family is more important than me as an individual. Mm-hmm. Giving of myself to help others is more important than me as an individual. And, like, one thing to get cynical about is food drives. So, interestingly enough, food banks would rather take cash because their buying power is better. Yep. And so if you spend $5 on on a bag of groceries, the food bank could spend that $5 on five bags of groceries. Right. So they'd rather take cash, but people don't want to give – people are reluctant to give cash to charities because then they're like, I want to see your income statement. How do I know this is actually going to people in need? Blah, blah, blah. But if I give food to the food bank, well, I know that's going to help people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, with the food bank, with food drives, I'm like, can I just write you a check and not collect any money on food bank drive day? Or not collect any food? Because I've done this. I'm looking at, like, if you want to know cynicism, it's like the food that people donate to the food bank. I had a brown paper bag full of, like, McDonald's ketchup packets. Right. And I'm like, who's the cynic? Me? 
or the person putting like you actually think that people <laughs> at the food bank are so desperate they'll take your McDonald's ketchup packets <laughs> or like a gourd. I'm like unpacking gourds, which are like inedible pumpkins, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or I'm like a a a sixteen pack of canned mushrooms. And I'm like, nobody needs this stuff. We'd all be better off giving cash. And like the National Post puts out an editorial on how the food bank would rather take cash. Mm -hmm. But because people are so distrusting of giving cash to charities, they accept the food donations, even though they like throw most of it out. Yeah. And a lot of it ends up being crap. It's like at least people are giving something. And what I'd say is, is that like I've got to put my skeptical mind on hold for a bit and just find the things that even if they're stupid... It's just, it builds some community and makes me feel better about myself in this world. So I just need to do it and not think about it too much. Mm -hmm. But it's like you got burned so bad by Mormonism with doing good things and not asking questions that it's like, I will never do that again. I will permanently be an angry skeptic mm -hmm. and I will never find anything else because I'm worried about getting ripped off again. Well, I, I think that's why, you know, building something, even if Mormonism has like its good things building something to get people to do good or building something good off of a lie is mm -hmm. so bad. Like that, that is ultimately destructive and unsustainable because then you, you get people who say, yeah, you know what? Um, never doing service again uh, because I was exploited before. I'm never trusting anybody again. I'm never, mm -hmm. I'm never going to believe in something bigger than myself, whether that's like uh, an entity or just the universe in general, um, because I was lied to because I was hurt. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The food bank, the food drive. Yeah. Get so but much food is, from yeah, Mormons. So and nothing from ex-Mormons. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, I'm sure. But I, I'm sure well, like we last year when we did the food drive here, I said, yeah, I'll help out with the route. And I helped him pick it up. And then they asked me if I'd help with boxing and packing it up. And they had nobody uh, organizing any of this. So it just became a free-for-all. So I start kind of organizing assembly lines. And I'm like, I don't even go here. Yeah, And the church is like making people drop off at the church instead of at the food bank so they can drag people to the church. And it's just the same like half-assed volunteers and I'm organizing things that I shouldn't be organizing to get things done. I don't even go here. I'm not even a part of this. And the church is like too busy trying to aggrandize itself to do what really needs to happen. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know. So now <laughs> you don't. Like, the food bank if the food bank asks me for money, I'll give them money. But I'm not going out giving my time for this disorganized crap anymore. <laughs> right? I like, like I just I can't do this anymore, guys. Yeah. I like where this conversation is going and has been. Um We've talked a lot about a lot of different things, and uh, mm -hmm. my brain's trying to sort things out. I'm like, okay, uh, food drive uh, bad, give f money to food bank, mm -hmm. 
good. Uh, reconstructing God, Mormons, or Mormonism, bad. Do I got it? Yeah, like I think it's... I'm not saying everybody needs to have this kind of... to reconstruct the way that I did. I'm just saying, like, this is what's working for me now. I've got to rebuild and accept that there's some things that are more important than me, and some of these things won't fully totally make sense mm -hmm. from, like, a purely logical point of view. Hmm. Right? Right. And, and some things are going to take a long time to pay off, but they're still worthwhile. Right, right. Patience, love and unfeigned. Was, yeah. Yes, like those things are still good. Yeah, yeah. It's just the church took advantage of them, and I was like a jilted ex who's like, I will never love again. Right, was right. kind of where I went with it, right? Yeah. And I'm coming out of that. Right. You're finding it in your heart to, to fall in love again? Yeah, fall in love with life and purpose and meaning again. And now you're a born-again Christian. <laughs> Not a born-again May as well. Like, We can spend another episode with me talking about why I always found Christianity nauseating. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> tune in next time for that conversation, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I just like yeah. As you're trying to come come to sense of my ramblings, I think it's that learning to be selfless and give of yourself is good. The church took advantage of it. The church abused that. But finding things that are more important than yourself is what makes life worthwhile. I concur with that. Don't live your life yeah. doing good things by other people's rules. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But do good things. Like you're not the end all be all. You're going to die someday. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And uh, hopefully you leave it better than you found it. I'd agree. So with that, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.